I'm a zombie. I've been bitten. You're listening to the survival podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me as always is the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? We're playing, we're talking about some Resident Evil-y, Resident Evil, non-Resident Evil games tonight, huh? Yes, we are. We uh, we had a bit of a preview last episode when we talked about uh, You Will Die Here Tonight, and no, that's not a threat. It's a video game. Uh, and uh, we wanted to make it our main topic this uh, episode because uh, neither of us is ready to go back to Fear the Walking Dead. We wanted a little more of a break. Um, Mm -hmm. Even though it's technically concluded, and it would have been perfect timing, but honestly, like, uh, I think we're past the point of feeling the need to cover something as as soon as it's um, aired, you know? like. And not only that, but there's been a holiday going on here in America that Ryan's that did not have to partake in so i really haven't had the time to sit down and finish watching fear the walking dead yes happy thanksgiving to you lou and as well as our american listeners who celebrate thanksgiving i I feel like it's kind of like it is an american holiday so like most folks would celebrate it right so um in america (laughs) that is i I don't know man i know a lot of canadians so i know a lot of people that don't celebrate it no no i know (laughs) <laughs> I I don't celebrate. I celebrated in October Thanksgiving. So yeah, um, I'm glad you guys finally caught up. Uh, now we can, as as uh, two uh, you know allied countries, we can just march straight towards Christmas. Uh, although I know that's already started. Like I think you go into a store and essentially the Halloween aisle, its days are numbered by the time like October 15th hits and Christmas just starts to creep in. Like the aisle next to it is Christmas. And then as soon as Halloween ends, Christmas suddenly like becomes two aisles and, and more so and more so. Um, that, that, that's okay. Uh, you know, your, your Thanksgiving is in October. Ours is in, in November. And I'll tell you right now, my kid, uh, thank did, or we were sitting there having Thanksgiving dinner in her exact words when, thanksgiving was over she got up and she said she said mommy daddy so christmas is tomorrow right (laughs) well i mean some folks go out and buy a bunch of stuff and and black friday is certainly and and and, and we and i and we said no honey christmas is the end of december and she's like but it's next right i said yeah it's the next (laughs) holiday and she goes that's all i need to know i love christmas (laughs) yeah who doesn't love christmas i mean oh no we we were not uh, uh, we were not going to she was not going to bed tonight and just put up a Christmas tree so I had to dig out the Christmas tree tonight so we could put up the Christmas tree nice oh that's cute well that's really good I'm I'm glad you guys had a great time and you're ready for Christmas and uh, you're all set so that well I know I know personally like the tree is is not the only thing that needs to get done when it, time, when it comes to Christmas I, we yeah, so there's lo- still lots to do, I'm sure, but we've got we've got a few weeks. We're still in November. I know someone who's listening to this and be like, "Why are you talking about Christmas? We just finished Thanksgiving." Uh, that's okay. Um, 
But uh, speaking of December, uh, I wanted to talk about Extra Life, uh, which we usually focus on during the fall and winter months. Uh, donations are open until December 31st, and if you want uh, Zamp to cover your favorite zombie film, you can donate $50 and suggest that film uh, to us to uh, to check out and discuss. Uh, go to bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan, donate there, let me know your zombie film of choice, and we will cover it on the show. And Lou, why don't you give folks at home um, an idea? If you got a new zombie film that we should check out? I don't have a new one, but I have one that I could bring up for a list. Anybody that wants to donate and wants us to watch more than one zombie movie, there is the David Cronenberg 1970, I think it's a 78 or 77 classic, Rabid, which was remade recently in like the last 10 years uh, again. And it's a they, they, it's the same movie, kind of, but with a more modern take. And they've done two versions of Rabbit now. There's, a, there's the original Cronenberg, and then there's the new one. And if someone really wanted to make us watch it, we could watch both of them. I've seen the original. I've never seen the remake. So, huh? I've never, uh, I've never heard about this. So it's uh, a young woman develops a taste for human blood after experimental plastic surgery. Uh, interesting. Oh wow, this is yeah, seventies. Oh yeah, the seventy-seven. This is one of Cronenberg's first films. And then the remake was, uh, I'm trying to find the year for it. Um, IMDb is so tough these days. Like, just tell me the year you released it. Oh, 2019. Oh, wow. That's recent. Yeah. Who's the main I knew, lady? She looks I, I knew it was, I thought it was in the, like the last five or six years, but I couldn't remember. Yeah. It's not, the sequel is not, uh, or uh, the remake is not David Cronenberg. No. Um, it's based on his original though. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, well, you know what? That's a good suggestion. And honestly, like, uh, you know, the original remake would be an interesting. I would even almost consider like, look, like, uh, you know, full disclosure, we haven't had a ZAMP donation yet this year. I will I will say this. The, fir- the first person, uh, if someone wants to donate and wants us to cover both rabid films, we could do like a could do like a dual episode. We could we could watch both films and then that might be fun. Uh, so if folks want to donate and they want us to watch rabid. Uh, 1977 and 2019 we could do like sort of a dueling uh, episode discussion that might be fun so and it's for charity 100 percent of your donation goes to sick kids at a toronto uh where they do great work uh healing kids here in canada and and um i think they're also a worldwide organization they do a lot of work um internationally as well so it's a great cause i love extra life we love talking about it here and uh yeah Zombie films, great pick, Lou. I think that's an excellent pick. So if folks have been waiting and they're, you know, trying to decide what they want to what they want to do, donations are open until the end of December, and uh, we've got we've got show content kind of planned out through the rest of the year. But we can certainly um, cover your picks in the new year. So keep that in mind. Now uh, let's head into the news. has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. Lou, how do you feel? I mean, this is gonna, I'm going to be honest, this is going to be a very The Last of Us themed news section, but how do you feel about I uh yeah. Um how do you feel about uh The Last of Us season 2 uh casting uh, Abby, you've not played The Last of Us Part Two. Obviously, Abby's a big part of that game. 
I have not, but I am familiar with the character and the role. And this casting made me go, nope, I'm good. I, I, I'm happy with this. Go ahead. Please go. Uh, the actress that they want to cast is a regular on uh, Justified, and I love that show. So anybody that's tied to that show can do no wrong in my book. I had no idea that she was in. Uh, so f- for folks at home, we're talking about uh, uh, Caitlin Dever, which um, I-, I had not been familiar with her work before this, but you say she was on Justified. And then you look her up and she yes. she looks super familiar. Uh, oh, yeah. She's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, I, again, the thing I know her most from is um, is Justified. Uh, okay, um, yeah. In the second season, there is a the, there's a major plot point about a girl who's being adopted, sort of been semi-adopted by a family because her father was murdered by the mother of the family that adopted her, her like her biological father. And they're just kind of taking her under her wing, the wing, and she doesn't know they killed her father. And then she kind of becomes a regular reoccurring, like every season from there on, she makes like two or three appearances as the same character. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it looks like she's going to have to bulk up which is I'm totally possible. Like, I think she could do it. I think she would play really well in the role. Um, I haven't seen the film, but I've seen the trailers and I probably will, won't watch it because it would terrify me. But she's in this, uh, this new um, alien. Uh, I, I don't want to say alien abduction because it doesn't really feel like abduction, but alien, alien invasion of the home. Uh, it's called no one will save you. The trailer looks absolutely terrible i can't watch i can't watch the film it would it would just it would give me nightmares but um it looks terrifying uh this movie and she she looks like she would be fantastic or she is fantastic in it so her as abby um opposite uh you know i forget the the lady's name who plays ellie but honestly i can just i can already see it yeah they're both very similar actresses in appearance uh mm-hmm. when they first cast um when they first cast Ellie, I thought it was this actress at first. Oh, okay. And then I had to go in and go, oh, no, it's the other one. It's the one from Game of Thrones. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we obviously uh, will be getting – this has not been confirmed even as of this uh, recording, this post. It's news kind of came out earlier this month. But, uh, you know, now with the actor strike over, we're, we're starting to see – more uh casting news uh not casting news but casting rumors that is going to lead to casting news uh but it's funny like you know this is not related to zombies but it's related to the last of us uh pedro pascal supposedly offered the role of uh, mr fantastic for the fantastic four and lou i immediately when i saw that i thought of you because i remember when they cast him as joel you had a very specific reaction of like man he's doing everything you know, he's getting all. And I thought I immediately thought of you when I saw that news. <laughs> uh, when I when, when I saw that news myself, my first thought was, of course, they cast Pedro because he needs to be in everything. <laughs> Although and, and I, he and, might and I love him. So it's not a big deal. Like, I love him. But I was just like, man, can, we, can 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 we make him a villain or something? Can we does he have to be our hero all the time? Well, he was a villain in that Wonder Woman movie that was absolutely terrible, but he was the best part of it. Yes, he was. Uh, and, yes, he was. Uh, like so, yes. I, I also really like Pedro Pascal, and I don't have like a strong affinity to the Fantastic Four because honestly, for Marvel, it's really video games, select video games, and movies. So the Fantastic Four movies haven't really, you know, lit the world on fire. 
Uh, so honestly, you could cast anyone in those films, and and I'm good because I I, ha- I don't I'm not a comic book reader, uh, as evidenced by the fact that I have not read the comic for The Walking Dead. Like I think it's a big. It feels to me like a big um, gap in my knowledge in terms of you know being a current zombie fan. But I I feel like I've certainly filled in a lot of the gaps of like dude. Older you've movies. watched the show. You get the gist. Yeah, exactly. The show I think is a good remix of the comic in terms of how they've approached certain things. And and I and I think to bring it back to the Last of Us, like I also think the show is a is a really good remix of the video game and gives them an opportunity to be like, okay. 10 years later, we've learned a lot. How can we tell this story better? And I think they've really done that with the HBO series. Now, before we get to our next story, I have to ask, like, are you going to play The Last of Us Part 2 or are you going to wait for Season 2? I'm waiting for Season 2, man. I got too many other games to play. I got too much other stuff to play or watch or anything else. I'll just wait for the show because we're going to have to cover the show anyway. True. And and we were talking pre-show about, like, some zombie games that we miss, like Dying Light 2 and Dead Island 2, and I'm I'm kind of thinking to myself, like, I could play those. Or I could, you know, play the mountain of other games that I have, uh, including Baldur's Gate 3 that I've I've said I gotta get back to. But um, well, you know, let's continue this uh trend here talking about The Last of Us Part 2. Um <laughs> there is a remaster arriving on the PS5 January 19th. This this was a this was likely not going to be a news story because honestly it was a leak uh, and then Sony got ahead of it. It was likely to be announced at the Game Awards, uh, which is happening in uh, a couple weeks. So this got announced early and this is a remaster of The Last of Us Part Two, which is a game that launched on the PS4, tail end of the PS4's life cycle, received a performance patch um, not too long after on the PS5. So it runs in a performance mode on the PS5 and, um, you, you know, looks great. But this is a remaster that's built exclusively for the PS5 and has, uh, so it has some new stuff. So it has outfits, new outfits for characters, which is cool. Uh, it has a uh, developer commentary in three cut levels, which to me, if you're a fan of video games uh, and are interested in video game development, I really dig like that insight for developer commentary. I know it's not for everybody, but it's like, it's pretty nerdy in the weeds stuff that, that I, I really love. Um, but they've also added a whole new mode called no return, which is kind of like a roguelike, uh, survival mode where you're, it's basically taking the combat and it's just the combat in these arenas where you're, where you're trying to survive as long as possible. So, I mean, they've added, a good chunk of stuff, but the best part, Lou, is that if you own it on PS4, you can upgrade for ten bucks to the PS5, which I think is a very fair deal. That's a very fair deal. I love stuff like that where they're not trying to make me buy it again full price. Yeah. Um, I know there's been a couple of things where if you owned it on Steam and then the new version came out, it was like ten bucks to upgrade. Um, and I've done that. I believe that's what they did with um, Skyrim when that Ultimate Edition or that that remastered edition came out. I think it was like ten bucks, and I think I spent the ten bucks just because I was like, I may never play it again, but ten ten bucks to get the bet the newer version. I'll I'll take I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, and I know um, 
look, if this was a Nintendo game, <laughs> you'd be spending the 80 bucks and Nintendo would be like, what do you mean upgrade costs? <laughs> Give us our $80. Yeah. No, no, no. So this is um, this is very fair. I know a lot of folks will joke like, oh, man, how many? So I think the running number is there are now five The Last of Us games, but there are really only two. So there's that many remakes and re-releases. Um, and remasters. Yeah. And if you clu- include the PC port of the part one remake and the HBO series, there's now it's seven. Like seven. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, this franchise is a cash cow for... Uh, Sony and Naughty, Naughty yeah. Dog. Um, there will be a part three. Like I like they keep talking about it uh, as if you know, oh, we have the right story. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. But like honestly, like they, this you is know their they trend. already do. Yeah, you know they've got it. Like there's a part three. Uh, I, it has not been announced, but I imagine there'll be a part three. Uh, they've talked about the multiplayer game, although I I've heard that that's there's been news stories that that's hit hit that's some gone. Yeah, some rocky patches and has kind of been like put on ice. Naughty Dog, did, what was it? Naughty Dog did layoffs, didn't they? And the team that got laid off was the people working on the multiplayer game. Yeah, there was some stories of like contract workers being let go, and and basically stemmed from the fact that uh, the game was was being put on ice, so they didn't need the contract workers anymore, so they let them go. Um, I I think that if you look at what Naughty Dog is doing, they're a two team development studio. Um, they have not released anything, you know, they had Uncharted 4 and while Uncharted 4 was being worked on, Last of Us Part 2 is being worked on. So like they're due up for something very soon. I don't think it's going to be Part 3. I think it's going to be something else. But Part 3 is likely to happen um, sooner rather than later. Because again, like it's just, it, 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 it makes bank. And honestly, they need a third story so they can keep that HBO series going, even though season or Part 2 is likely to be split in two seasons. So they've they've got, you know, some track delay. My guess is that HBO is going to be like, no, no, no. Uh, how much do you need to get another game going so that we can make a th- make another season? Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at the timelines for, you know, season two and three, like between season one and two, you're looking at probably like a three year gap between the two. And you do have to take into effect. There was strikes there that kind of delayed things. But. You know, if you have season two out in 2025 and then season three out in like 2027, maybe 2028, you could get a part three out by then in four years. I, I feel like that's probably their goal to to kind of like, yeah. you know, and I imagine this this remaster um, might have been. Well, no, I, I don't think the show was ever going to premiere in 2024 because you'll remember it was no. just it was just earlier this year. I mean, I know it's been a long year, but The Last of Us season one was was January, I think, uh, of this year. So, yeah, it was like January or February when we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I I really dig the upgrade cost. Uh, I think that's a really fair way to go about it because there's obviously some development work that went into this, and it doesn't remove your ability to play the PS4 version on your PS5 with the performance patch. So, like, if you really don't want to upgrade, you just want to stick with your PS4 game, you can do that. Um, you could also go out and find the PS4 version at like a very inexpensive uh, cost and then upgrade from that as opposed to spending the $80. So like they're not punishing you. I would suspect you're going to likely not see the last of us part two um, PS4 game on sale on the PSN store. But I imagine if you go to Walmart or Best Buy, you're going to find it at a decent price this holiday season. So um 
if you're interested in the the remaster, that's probably the best way to go about it. Uh, now, Lou, before we get to our main topic, we have one more story here, and this is tradition. Whenever AMC wraps up a, a, a season of one of their Walking Dead projects, they drop a trailer or teaser for what's next. And uh, we now have the premiere date uh, with an additional, they call it a teaser trailer, but it really is just a marketing interview, talking heads thing. But uh, yeah, The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live will premiere on uh, February 25th. And, and we knew it was February 2024, but they've now given us an exact date. So the 25th of February, we will be able to catch up with Rick and Michonne. How do you feel about uh, returning to those characters? I'm excited about returning to those characters, but the only thing I can say to AMC is, F you, give me some show. <laughs> yeah, like, give us a real show, trailer. Uh, yeah, give us a real trailer. Like, the, the, every time they show this, it they, they give you, like, maybe 20 seconds of, of 10 seconds of like something and you oh that, that why bother like yeah. i i don't care yeah give me <laughs> give me a give me a two minute trailer with some plot and exactly and we'll call it good yeah like so far the plot is like rick rick is trapped with the crm and trying to escape michonne is trying to find rick but like that's it like there's no there's no there's no meat and potatoes to it, right? Like it's just, it's yeah. just, it's still just the premise. And like, yes, we know we get the premise. We're excited about the premise. And I, I look, I'm not going to say I'm worried, but I am a little concerned that they're not giving us something. And it could be, I don't think it's because it's bad. It might be because AMC is like, no, we, we want to hold the story for the show. We don't want to give anything away. And I respect that too. You know, because AMC likes to show off a lot of plot in their trailers, like almost too much plot. So maybe this is the right approach, but calling this a trailer is, uh, yeah, there's like 15 seconds of new footage in between. Look, I get, you know, Andrew Lincoln and, and, and you know, Deny are, are uh, very excited about being back. And I love that. I feel the energy. Um, But yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure we'll get a trailer in the new year, like a proper trailer, like January come January. I think we'll be talking about it for sure. So anyways, look forward to that February 25th, 2024. Um, And now that we're done with the news, let's move into our main topic. You will die here tonight again not a threat it's a video game it's a video game that we played and we're going to talk about as our main topic here uh explore a top-down or explore in top-down retro aesthetics and face the horrors of breckenridge hall and pulse pounding first person combat scavenge for supplies solve puzzles and upgrade your gear do whatever it takes to survive but remember you will die here tonight again not a threat uh, also not really a threat in the video game. It's kind of like it's part of the mechanics to say, like, you will die here today as if like, no, you're good. You're going to die in this video game. And it, and it serves a greater purpose. It, it, inc- yeah. it moves the story forward, basically. Yeah. Um, And I remember that was the first thing you told me. It's like, dude, this is kind of like a roguelike, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, really? <laughs> and then I started to play it. I'm like, holy shit. It is. Uh, but it's like a narrative it's like, roguelike. It's like Resident Evil the roguelike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It is a it is a very unique game. I can't say I've played anything else like it. Yeah. No, I I I've never played anything like this. I think there are a lot of games that are like this that maybe have like portions of the gameplay. But like a throwback to what many consider to be the worst generation in terms of graphics like that, like early, like first 3D stuff, like, look, the original PlayStation, the original Nintendo 64 stuff, that section of video games, like it's it's not pretty. It hasn't aged well. Yeah, it's not aged well, but like they've they've done that like retro look here where I think that they've been able to uh, they've been able to 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 make it look like it aged well. Like, like, honestly, they've been able to take that look and feel and run with it in a way that that uh, that makes you think like, oh, yeah, this is this is what those games look like. But like, if you go and look at the original Resident Evil, it's it's not at all what what it looks like. The top-down portions feel like an, a really good, really well-made, pixelated graphic, sure RPG-ish kind of, yeah, look, yeah, like, like like it it feels like like PlayStation era high-end pixelated graphics, and then the combat feels like PlayStation One, leaning a little closer to PlayStation Two style graphics, mm-hmm. but. But it's not they're more polygon there's more polygons than a PlayStation One game, but there's not enough polygons for it to be a PlayStation Two game. It's falls somewhere in the middle and it looks good. Like like for a it I wasn't expecting for the price of this game it to be a triple A game. It's a nice C B level game. Yeah. Yeah, they do uh um, they kind of run like if you look at retro graphics and and how they've approached sort of the HDification of like sixteen and thirty two bit stuff. They've done a similar thing here where they take that sixty four bit look of the PS one and the N sixty four and uh, make make you think like remind you of that era without like the eye strain. You know, like they've they've bumped it up in a way that is like. It looks good. It feels good, and uh, it reminds you of of that era. So, like, they really nailed it. Um, but you're right. Like, the graphics aren't gonna, you know. And again, everything about this game, we talked about it a little bit. We got teased about it last week. The whole opening of this game, you feel like you walked into Resident Evil One. Yes. Yeah. And then, about probably twenty to thirty minutes into the game. There's still a Resident Evil vibe to it, but to get again, as we said, it's it's sort of a roguelike, so you're going to die. But once your entire group dies and the game resets and then you do it again and they die and they reset. Once it happens like three times, you're like, oh, yeah, this is Resident Evil, but this is not full Resident Evil. This is something different. Like somebody liked Resident Evil enough that they did Resident Evil, but then they they made it their own. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we, we can talk full spoilers here because I think like we gave we gave the preview yeah. last week. We could we're gonna talk about everything tonight, everything we want to talk about tonight. And I think that um when you look at the structure of the game, the narrative, the story, obviously Resident Evil was a big push for them and it's a big feel here. However, there's there's something going on in the background of the story that is causing these time loops essentially to happen. 
And the story kind of has these layers of like, there's the Resident Evil layer, but then there's this unique layer that kind of makes it its own thing while still constantly paying homage to those original, to really the original Resident Evil game, like the mansion Resident Evil game. Like there's, there's the mansion, you know, uh, there's, um, you know, the tyrant that even shows up, like they have a huge nod to like the final boss, uh, at the end of this game. And it, it all just feels, it feels so familiar yet fresh in the same way. And, uh, like the game is, um, we should mention it's, it's steam exclusive. It's only available on steam plays great on steam deck. That's where I played the entirety of it. Uh, there was a launch discount that placed it around $20 Canadian, although it's, uh, it's now $26 Canadian. So I think it's $20 us, uh, is what I yeah, think it's $20 us, which I think is a good price. Like if you look at purchasing indie games, um, there is obviously you could wait for a sale, but honestly, when you're purchasing indie games like this is that's a good price uh, and you support indie developers. I would say this definitely feels worth the 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. My only gripe is that it is a little on the shorter side. Sure. Yes. Um, yeah. If you see this on sale for like 25 to 50 percent off, this is like a no brainer buy in my book. Yeah. Yeah, so like if you if if there is like a like again the launch discount I think was only like you know I think it was ten maybe maybe ten or fifteen percent, but it was like it was it was a it was a launch discount. But um, you know it's it comes in in about five hours finishing it. There is what I would say little to no replay value. Like especially if you get the true ending, you've kind of found all the stuff uh, and solved mm-hmm. the bulk of the puzzles. But uh, there's nothing. But then again, I would say I would say if you liked the mechanics of the game, sure, it's short enough that you could do an entire replay in an afternoon. Now that you know how to solve everything and you know where everything is, um, there's a there's I, I looked it up because I was curious after I after playing it, I was curious what the speed run if there's speed runners for it. There oh. are speed runners that play this. Uh, the record right now is 44 minutes. Oh, nice! Wow. I can see that though. Like you're right. Like replaying it might I, I be. I mean, honestly, personally, I say that the speedrunner, the speedrunner record right now is 44 minutes. I can't imagine beating this in 44 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I it don't took know. me. It. I think you beat it faster than I did. Uh, a little bit, yeah. And it's oh, it's interesting. And they are actively supporting it. There's already been two sort of major patches, and I'm just kind of looking at the the. Uh, uh, the patch notes and one of them is they they updated the PlayStation c- controller glyphs. So like that's kind of cool that it has support for like both controller setups if you wanted to. Yeah. And honestly like playing it with a PlayStation controller kind of feels more akin to that original Resident Evil game. Um My uh, okay, so my only gripe about the controls is that you move around with the left analog stick and then when you pull the left trigger, it's like drawing your weapon in Resident Evil. Sure. And you switch to first person mode. Yeah. And first four or five times I did it, I was expecting the left analog stick to control my movement there. But you have to use the right analog stick to do that portion. And I was like, this that part of the control scheme did not feel intuitive to me. But after about two deaths, I was like, okay, I got the mechanics now. Stop killing me. So, okay, yeah, yeah, because it, it it really takes that original tank controls mechanic and like literally makes you a tank. Like you are when you're aiming, you're standing still, but it actually moves you into the combat, which is first person. So you're running around top down aesthetics 
and then when you hold the uh, the left trigger, you go into combat mode. And um, I got right away that you use the right stick to aim, but as you said, like you can also kind of like pivot with the with the left stick because you will have enemies sometimes approaching you from all angles. So you do yeah. have to like make sure you're paying attention and moving your character around to to find uh, to find the bad guys. But um, the combat uh, starts off very simple. You have a pistol. You're you're aiming. You're shooting. There is a melee and a and a knife you get later on that you can kind of um, whittle down enemies. One of the first areas of the game they make you use the knife. <laughs> There's very simple, basic enemies that take about two knife swings to kill, and yeah. it makes you fight like twenty of them. And I was like, I hope this isn't. When I got to that portion of the game, I was like, this is fine, but I'm hoping that this is just there to teach me the mechanic of the knife. If they keep making me do this, I'm really gonna hate this game. And they don't. You really, no. once you get the gun, they they do a good job of making sure you have enough ammunition all the time to just be shooting stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and various weapons too. Like I I think there's a there's a submachine gun, there's a shotgun, there's a grenade launcher, there's a magnum, uh, and you can get all of these weapons. Some of them are um, attached to like progression of the story. Some are optional that you can unlock through puzzles. But I found that there was enough weapons and enough ammunition uh especially if like if you do lose all your characters it resets the whole map if you die and you come back as another character like the world persists but if you lose all your characters and you reset with these little coins you find they're called uh k coins and you can use them to basically it's like a continue press start to continue mode i never ran out of those coins you find them pretty readily uh throughout the map uh, so I never, I, I don't even know what happens if you run out and you get a true game over. I would think it would still you get just a true game you. over. Like, would it just, like, I assume it would just let you restart it. Like, I wonder, like, would it punish you that much? It's like, Hey, you, you, you lost. You have to start from the beginning. I think it makes you start from the beginning, but I think it lets you have the map. Ah, okay. It didn't happen to me. Like, and I don't think it'll happen to most folks who are kind of like playing this, like a proper exploration game. You're going to find enough of those coins um some of the puzzles might kill your characters but eventually like those puzzles as long as you're not feeding the puzzle there's one puzzle that it would kill you a lot if you didn't i have one question for you man sure yeah there is a puzzle with paintings <laughs> okay that was what i was gonna say yeah yeah i'm gonna say how many times did you die there <laughs> and and this is the thing if you feed that puzzle you 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 should quickly realize that like okay i need to figure out the puzzle because i just keep killing characters essentially if you push the button your character will go like huh that can't be good that sound and it turns out there's this like wall that just shoots out and just instantly kills your character you. squishes you removes all the ammo that that character had it destroys it so like this is a roguelike if you went and collected a bunch of ammo then killed that character in the painting room you suddenly don't have all that ammo it's gone um but yeah, like as long as you don't feed that puzzle, I think that's the one puzzle that you can't solve through brute force. You have to like figure it out. Um, no, you have to figure it out. But there's two missing paintings. Yes. And I figured out the pattern and what I needed to do, but I didn't know which empty painting slot would be which. Oh, and that's so, right. So you have to lose a character at least once to solve it. Well, those paintings are um, 
in the storage room. Are they? You- are they in the storage room? Okay, because because yeah. I was like, I I I I didn't want to trudge back through and try and find them in the storage room. I thought that might be where they were, so I just went in and I was like, well, the big painting has to be X, or the small painting has to be X. Well, let's do X. Let's do the small painting first, <laughs> then the big painting, the ne- the next one that's missing, and then let's see what happens. Oh, I died. Okay, let's switch. And then I switched, and then it worked. <laughs> I uh, I got I got, and you're right. So I guess that one you can kind of brute force because it in the same room they give you the pattern, but there are two missing uh, pictures. So like as long as you get the pattern where the pictures are there, which is fairly simple, like it's it's like the the it's like a poem or something. And it's very like the baby death heart river, that sort of thing. And then if you go up to the paintings, it gives you the description of like, it's a river. So it's like very one-to-one. It's very clear. It's not trying to trick you, but the missing piece is these, is these paintings that have been taken down and you can brute force it, or you can go and find um, the, the paintings in the storage room, which is just, I think it's just around the corner. But um, there was another, another puzzle that gave me a lot of trouble and it wasn't a puzzle. It was an item I didn't have yet. And it was the brooch, uh, the butterfly brooch in the lightning yep. room. Yeah. So if, if you take the brooch without replacing it with the wooden butterfly, you uh, you die. instantly die. Um, so that's a great example of like feeding the puzzle. Like if you just go in and feed the puzzle, like trying to solve it just by, well, what if I just do it? What if I just try to take it and walk in a specific direction? It's like, no, you're going to die. Um and that was an instance where I had to look it up because like I couldn't find the room, but like there was this like you want to use the map to your advantage. You start to get multiple unlockables uh, to open doors that were previously locked. So I think later on in the game, you you just eventually get a key that opens everything. So you need yeah. to pay attention to those rooms you haven't been into because they every room has something in it. There's no wasted space in this game. No, there's even a room I didn't even realize I could open. Um, when I got there, I didn't have the key, and I didn't realize that that's what the door was because there's no reason to go back to that room for anything. And then I knew I needed something, and I couldn't remember where I needed to go because I hadn't played the game in a few days. So I'm, like, wandering around, and I went back to that that room, and I was like, oh, I do have the key to this door. And I opened up the door, and I went in, and the only thing that was in there was, like, a heal him some ammo and one of those k coins and i was like oh okay yeah yeah exactly so like you know every room has either a collectible or a puzzle or something to unlock uh did you um one of the more abstract puzzles that i think is completely optional was the knight's shield did you get the knight's shield um i did not okay so there's a knight sort of in the second it's in the main lobby but it's on the second floor and you have to combine the billiard uh so another thing the game does really well is like it it notes what might even be to to the player like that's kind of benign like i interacted with the pool table and it was added to my memories so like if that happens you know it's a key piece so it was combining the billiard balls and the and the layout of the numbers of of uh the billiard balls on the table but then also there's a chess uh board in the lab where you spawn that when you interact with it, I think with the uh, with the chief who likes to play chess, it that serves multiple purposes. But combining like the chessboard with the pool table gives you enough information to unlock that shield. 
and it is um it is one of the it, it is such a cool uh melee ability because like essentially you can hold up the shield and like push the zombies back which oh, also does okay. damage so it is an upgrade to the knife that allows you to uh, protect your characters a little bit more while also keeping it's a bit of crowd control as well so i really thought that was a very clever puzzle and i love a game that doesn't waste my time uh look I, I shouldn't say waste my time i love a game that doesn't like make me take notes like i'm totally cool with the game being like don't worry we know you're just gonna look this up if we don't like tell you it's important <laughs> you know so it, it was nice that they add that billiard ball thing which is completely benign like why would i ever need to know this and why would my characters care that the numbers are situated this way and of course it's like it's a in typical Resident Evil fashion, like it's just a stupid puzzle. Like why would we base the puzzle on billiard balls and a chessboard for unlocking the shield? But like, it is so Resident Evil, you know, and I love it. Oh, the whole game. It's so Resident Evil. Even when you realize it's not being Resident Evil, there's still little throwbacks that make it feel Resident Evil. And you're like, oh, but again, it feels Resident Evil. And the first 20 minutes make you feel like, oh, I'm interested in a Resident Evil clone. But you're not really. It's very much its own game. But everything in it is a nod to Resident Evil in a very loving way. It doesn't feel like a ripoff. It feels like somebody's very creative idea of a Resident Evil idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's very much inspired by the original Resident Evil games. And they do their own I, thing. I, Honestly, I feel like if it was longer than it is, I would have been annoyed. I feel yeah. like it is just the right length. Yeah, like, I don't know if I'd be annoyed, but I, I think you're right. It does not overstay its welcome. I know saying it's five hours makes you think, like, man, that's short. But, like, really, by the time you get to the final area, you and the characters are done with this shit. Like, we're we're yeah. not shit, but we're done with it. Like, the character specifically uses a line that is very much akin to... I'm done with this shit. But like as a player, he's like, I feel like I've experienced everything developers are trying to show here. So it it, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Like I could see like, you know, a, a DLC or a sequel looking at like a, a different, a completely different section. But they, they wrap up the story in a way that is very much like we're done with this area. You know, like, um, yeah, there is like the the like we can talk about this, like, you know, for the ending they they call it the secret ending, but really it's like it's the true ending. Uh, and the yeah. game allows you to jump back into the loop if you miss some of the pieces you need. And it very much tells you like, hey, you might need, you know, the chessboard and this. If you haven't done that yet, you know, you might want to do that while you're back in the mansion. Like the game very much telegraphs it um, to you. So it's not like a secret ending. It's really just it's the ending, uh, essentially. Did you. So how did you feel about that ending? I loved it. The ending, the true ending that you, that you, the, uh, what's her name? Catherine. She's yeah. sort of really the main character. Yes. Even though she's kind of like portrayed as the bad guy, like she's a secret villain. She's the Albert Wesker kind of character. Yeah. She's the Albert Wesker, but she like the rest of the, the group is still tied into this life or death cycle. And she even, she has a hint of what's going on. More than the other characters, but even she's not a hundred percent sure what's going on. Yeah, she she has no idea, but she she finds out pretty quick. And when she, the, the very end of the game is, uh, 
if you haven't played it, I I don't I I hesitate to spoil it because it is really a cool ending as far as I'm concerned. Oh, but we can leave that that piece. Then, yeah, I think. Like, but 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 she gets like her just rewards at the end of the game. Like yeah, she gets the, she she takes out the bad guy. Yes, uh, I. And, 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 uh, yeah. And when you do, that's when the, the game just ends, and you're like, yeah, I kind of like it feels almost therapeutic when it happens. Yeah, it concludes like the game ends. There's no teaser for a sequel. It just ends and it's a fitting end. And it kind of like puts the rest of the adventure in a really cool perspective. Of, like it's done. Like the character is 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 good. Catherine has ended the loop and it ends in a very, you know, as you said, satisfying, like it's done. And uh, I love that last sort of section. So like as you finish you know, the tutorial of the mansion, and then you, you know, progress through the mansion, the garden and the secret lab, or sorry, you get to the secret lab, which is, um, it's different from the rest of the game in that, like, you have unlimited retries, you're playing as just Catherine, and you're trying, you're basically escaping. And this is after the bad ending, where like, the whole game is like, we have to get to the helicopter, and we have to leave. And it doesn't matter what character you, you get to that helicopter with, you take off, and it appears to give you that like classic Resident Evil ending where you're you're helicoptering towards Off the, sunset. Into the sunset. Yeah. And then the helicopter just explodes as it hits like the inside of a biodome. Uh, and then the, the loop starts over. And it was just it, it, I did not see that coming. Like I, I wasn't sure how it was going to end. But like the fact that the helicopter like hits the inside of this dome is just such a again, it's just such a cool way. I had a funny feeling that that was coming. Yeah, like it's again, it doesn't hide the fact that something weird's going on. It doesn't hide the fact that something weird's going on, but you get there and you're like, this feels almost too easy. Yes. Yeah. Like I don't this does not feel satisfying. Something else is going to happen and then the helicopter blows up and you're like, "Oh, yeah." Well, the the game really tell like foreshadows a way of like Something else is going on. This isn't just escape from the mansion, save yourself type situation. There's, and they, there is like a, an AI computer. <laughs> we should talk about the writing for, there's a section in the game where one of your characters, so you have to use specific characters for specific things, sometimes for upgrades and sometimes for like progressing the story. I don't remember yeah. the character's name, but he's like the IT guy. And he's yeah. like talking to the AI like he wants to be friends with the AI and the AI is like, I need you for a super special secret mission. And it just seemed like a really silly. Um, I don't know what it felt like, but it just felt like this is a silly side quest or something, but it ends up being like a core portion of the game that you have to do to get the secret ending or the true ending. But yeah. I thought it was like, it was so much, it was a fun and it was like some of the best examples of like the writing and them just having fun with it. Like all the writing oh, yeah. is just so like, fun. Like it's one of my gripes with things that do like this loop or like roguelike mechanic is sometimes it gets repetitive and dumb, but, but every time they die, it, the dialogue isn't different, but every time you, somebody dies and the loop begins again, the dialogue is really funny. Cause they're like, I've done this before. Haven't I? And you're, and, yeah. you're, and you're like, yep, I have. You, and you're about to do it again. Okay, let's go. Like, there's, there's just something really clever about the writing 
And I think that's where this game shines is the mechanics are fun. Um, the graphics are okay. It's very indie, but the writing is where it's clever. Yeah. Yeah. They don't take themselves too seriously and they have a lot of fun with it. And, um, even so there's a lot of writing and a lot of great writing in it because like they have a lot of dynamic writing, like specific characters. If you, so a character dies and if you pick the next character, they'll have different dialogue depending on, um, who yeah. they run into, you know, uh, they may, you know, be upset by the fact that their, you know, captain has died or they, um, one of the characters like was in love with another and might be like, Oh, I never, I never said, I, I never could say I love you or something. And it was, it, it's all, it's all dynamic, but it's really cool. Did you have a specific order where every time you looped that you went in? Uh, sometimes, sometimes I would like kind of go through sort of a specific order, but honestly, uh, once I got a bit further into the game, I was like, cause the characters kind of control differently. Like I think some of the, some of the, some of the guys, um, specifically the or older slow. guys. Yeah. They're slower. Yeah. Uh, but they take more hits, you know? So like each character has like a slight difference to it, but, um, I honestly would kind of save those, you know, uh, slower uh, guys for the end when I had taken care of a majority of the enemies. Um, that was kind of what I would do is I would pick one of the, the, I would, I usually picked the medic girl first because she's really fast and nothing she did felt like it, it changed the plot. So, I was always like, yeah, she just kind of heals stuff. She's making the healing kits for stuff. All right, she's dead. All right, let's pick somebody else. Oh, she picked up five weapon upgrades along the way with her. Let's pick the weapon guy next so I can upgrade. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, and there's an upgrade system, and you can honestly, like, it's interesting because the upgrade system, you can swap back and forth. So, like, it's an upgrade kit, and... There are these upgrade kits you can get and like so you can take the shotgun and turn it into like a sawed off shotgun or a long range shotgun. And yeah, you can change your mind every time you load up um, for the first time you load up the the weapon specialist and you can kind of change it uh, to it to whatever version you want. But like they they do a lot of that, like there's upgrades like for weapons, but there's also like a health uh, you can if you unlock the right amount of uh, if you find the right amount of plants, you can unlock like a stack of med kits in the lab. Yeah. Like there's the little stuff like that, that like plays into the, the loop, but also like plays into the roguelike aspect of it, like improving your chances by giving your characters, you know, proper health, better weapons. It's just a game that like, really, like I said, there's no wasted space. It's really designed in a way that like just makes that loop satisfying, but it's a narrative, it's a narrative driven game. So it's not like, um, dead cells or, if anything, if anything, it feels more narrative driven than even Resident Evil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a again, there's a big there's a beginning, middle end. There's sort of like a hidden sort of thing going on in the background that all gets I wouldn't say all gets explained, but it all gets addressed uh, by the end of the game. And they have a lot of fun with it. And I again, I love even when they've exited the Resident Evil feel they still managed to kind of, you know, put it in there with uh, like the final the final boss is um, the tyrant, essentially, like revisited a couple times in that final stretch of the game. My big hope when it came to an end is that I could definitely see them doing another one. Sure. Yeah. But they even do the thing like the classic Resident Evil thing with the final boss of like they give you the big weapon, the big laser weapon. It's like ripped right out of Resident Evil uh, uh, 
three with the laser that you get. It, it reminded me of the laser weapon in the dead, uh, the Death Island movie we watched. Yes, yeah, it's. I think it's a it's a trope, but you know, in the first one, you get the the rocket launcher, uh, Resident Evil One, and I guess Resident Evil Four as well. Like it's kind of a, it's a re trope of like final boss. Let's give him the big one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's similar here, and and um, I loved it. Honestly, I was surprised. I I knew I was gonna like it. I was excited to talk about it on the show because we don't often get a chance to to cover video games on the show. But like, it was uh, when we had the opportunity. So I I I we had the opportunity. Like we got a we got a code from the publisher, and um, I went. And I also bought the game too, so we could both talk about it. But like, it was. Uh, I said to Lou, like it. it is this on your radar? And you were like, absolutely. That's hundred percent on my radar. So we're like, okay, cool. Yeah. We talked this. about this when it, when, when this got announced and there was a teaser trailer probably about a year ago, I think it was maybe probably back the beginning of the year, maybe, or maybe this time last year, there was like a teaser for this that got released as a trailer. And I remember as soon as I saw the trailer, it was, uh, it was, there was a steam listing to add it to your wish list. And I was like, yes, I'm adding it to the wish list. And then when I forgot all about it, I like I knew it was coming, but I didn't know when it was going to launch. And you and I had the conversation and you were like, oh, uh, this game comes out like in like like four weeks. And I was like, oh, it does, does it? <laughs> I know what I'm going to buy. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. So like I said, I, I think uh, add it to your wish list. Check it out if you're. You really want? Do you want to play it? And you're like, uh, oh, I really want to play it now. Like, I think it's worth it. it, Like, if you look at it as like the experience you're getting, it's a solid experience. Also supporting local or uh, uh, indie development. Um, You absolutely wait for sale if you want to wait for sale. But like, I think at the at the twenty dollar US sort of price point, there's enough there. Um, And as Lou said, like when you finish it, like it might not have like a you know a lot of replay value, but I, I, I do kind of agree with you. Like if you wanted to replay it, there's something to it knowing sort of the mechanics are fun. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no new game plus. I, I think that was asked in the steam discussions and uh, it's something they might look at uh, adding uh, as a patch. So that might be interesting to like start fresh with all your weapons, but yeah, uh, it's something that is in there in there as, at launch. They were kind of focused on just the core experience but um, maybe it comes down the road. But honestly, like knowing where all the weapons are and the puzzle solutions and like not being you know stuck on learning how to play and, and how to solve puzzles like that might be a fun second playthrough. So, uh, yeah, definitely check out You Will Die Here Tonight. Honestly, uh, a, a big surprise for for us here at Zamp in terms of zombie stuff like we actively we like to cover a lot of like as much as the zombie stuff that comes out, we can't cover everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a pretty good year for a very good year. I think for zombie video games, resident evil four remake, um, dead Island two, I think was received fairly well. Uh, you will die here tonight, like separate ways, DLC for resident evil four, like lots of good stuff. So, um, it's not just the walking dead. Some really bad walking dead games came out, but yeah, the, in fact, one of them is being called possibly the worst game ever made. <laughs> yeah, that that Destiny's thing, man. I'm glad. I yeah, that. it's being called. It. It. Uh, I read some review and it was like, and it was like, I can't believe that someone put this out. It's like the review, and I was like, oh, wow. I'm glad we dodged that bullet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are not. 
we don't cover everything for a reason. So uh, we, we, we try to like cover the big stuff in the news, of course. Like, so we'll, we've, we've talked about the destinies thing um, in the news section, but we are not playing it. Um, you would have to send us copies to play that. And we would probably still have a rough go with it. So <laughs> yeah, uh, it would not be pretty. Um, but uh, speaking of what's coming up, uh, coming up on Zamp, uh, Fear the Walking Dead has aired its final episodes. We talked a bit about that earlier in the show. So before the new year, we're going to discuss how fear concludes. Uh, so look forward to that in a couple weeks. Stay tuned. And um, Lou and I even threw around the idea of like uh, doing like a, I know we've done the year in preview, but we might do like a, a Zamp Z- Zombie of the Year Awards or something. We haven't named it yet, but um, it's kind of surprising. I'm sure we did it one year. I might have to look that up. I don't think we have, man. Yeah, but I think we've always I think we've always just done a year in review and a year in preview. I think we've always done that. Yeah, that makes sense. You're in review. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we're not so we're not I mean, it's not like we have awards to give out, but you know, year in review. That that might be the better approach. Yes, I now I remember. I, we've definitely done that. So that's December. So December's all planned out. Uh, look forward to uh, fear and a year in review. And then when we're back in the new year, uh, a year in preview. And hopefully some zombie movie discussions uh, from, from Extra Life. So uh, definitely uh, definitely check out the campaign, bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan, if you want to donate. Jump in our Discord, bit.ly slash Zamp Discord. I want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast. Uh, you can go to our website, visit zombiesatemypodcast.com for show notes and all our previous episodes. Send us an email. We may read it on the show, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Lou at Busy Zombie Lord, and don't forget to follow the show at Zombies Podcast. Finally, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the podcast artwork. For more of his great stuff, go to joelduggan.com. This has been Zombies Ate My Podcast, and as always, we close out the show with some fine zombie knowledge from the busy zombie lord himself. Take it away, Lou. Remember, you will die here tonight. That's a video. It's still, yeah, not a threat. It's a video game. Yeah. (laughs) 